Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me as always are my co-hosts Chuck Bailey and Ian Stimson. Ian, Mr. 100% No More, huh? Somebody's not here. <laughs> that is so unfair. So, Oscar started the podcast without you, Chuck, so that you are no longer on 100% of all of our podcasts. That's true, you were not here for the intro, so it doesn't count. Okay, well, I'm here now, so I'm on all the podcasts. No, I heard you were uh, stepping down from your podcast duties to spend more time with your family in North America. What, what family in North America? That prince, the one that's like, nah, I'm, I'm out. I don't want to be a prince anymore. Oh, the ginger one. Yeah, the ginger, the Nazi, the one that dresses as the Nazi. Okay, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but yeah. Prince Harry, he's, he's had enough. Oh, is he? Is he not? Just wants to be the artist formerly known as Prince. Is that it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So does he have to pick a last name now? No, he'll just change his name to a symbol. Ah, okay. It's actually the the deuces. <laughs> That's his symbol. It's, yeah, I think it might be two two fingers up to the working classes. There you go. I know. I only recently learned that they don't have last names, and it's fucking crazy to me. But I mean, like technically, I know they're like the Windsors, or before that, the Mount. Batons? Nah, like Sax got the Coburg or some bollocks. Yeah, 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 that's the one. Because of uh, Philip, the old Philip, Victoria's topical. Anyway, welcome to the Miles Offside podcast. To the podcast. Royal History podcast, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, we've been watching The Crown, so oh, it's kind of okay. on the brain. Is that any good? It's good, yeah, I like it. There you go, there's your review. There's your 10 <laughs> second review. Well, we are the Miles Offside podcast. We do nominally talk about the Premier League, but as you can already tell... <laughs> often talk about nonsense and other things. Um, but if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are happy to have you. If you are returning, we do thank you for coming back, despite all the abuse that we inevitably will put you through. We'll start off, as we usually do, with our famous segment, our rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Gentlemen, the first big signing of the January transfer window has occurred. We have Crystal Palace signing Everton striker Cenk Tosin on loan. He has joined the club for the remainder of the season, and he is 28 years old. He was not expected to feature in Carlo Ancelotti's plans and was keen to secure regular first-team football. Chuck, how are we feeling about this signing as the resident Palace expert? Well, he was meant to sign a couple of years ago. Uh, I believe it was not January last year, it would have been the summer last year, uh, one of the ones that Allardyce pinched off us. And um, so he said to him quite, oh, there's a cat, fuck, the cat's attacking me. Chuck, put your pussy away so we can keep recording. Sorry, I'll start playing with my pussy now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's throwing me off. Um, yeah, so he hasn't really, he, he played quite well at the start for Everton, but obviously you have managerial changes, etc., changes of system. And so I don't think it's really suited him. So he wants to get some more game time in before uh, Euro 2020 for Turkey. And so I think it makes sense. I think it, I think it can be good, but I think with Palace's injuries, I don't see there being an instant impact there. And his play style is very much similar to, like he likes to hold up the ball. He's very strong um, and, you know, scoring headers is something he's particularly good at. So unless we kind of revert to the way we played, about three seasons ago and actually whipping crosses, um, then I don't really see a ton from it. But it's nice to get bodies and Roy's little face was happy. So there you go. <laughs> Keeps him ticking along. 
And you have been saying all along that striker is really your weak point and you need to bring someone in. Goals. Are you happy with this or are you still hoping for them to bring someone else? Maybe like Mishi coming out from Chelsea on loan or something like that? Yeah, there's a lot of mixed stuff. I mean, there's also some bullshit that like we're getting Christoph Piontek from uh, AC Milan, which is an absolute madness. Um, because he's supposedly also got something. The cat's back. The cat is back. Fuck off, you prick. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a constant, this episode. Why well, has this never happened before? We've made it like 76 episodes, and this prick decides to show up now, little Johnny-come-lately. Um, so, yeah, again. <laughs> the cat is back for the third time. The listeners cannot see this, so it's not as funny to you guys, but it is very entertaining to me that Chuck will start saying a sentence, and then all of a sudden a cat just pops up in front of his face, clearly walking across <sighs> his laptop keyboard. Every time. Fucking it's the new laptop. It's attracted to get, it. Get, get, out, get out of the house. Fuck it. Go kill some fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fetch me some fish. Family gonna eat tonight. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um... What are we talking about? Uh, what are we talking about? Football, signing. This is the problem. This is why we're not we're not meant to talk about football, guys. These things just happen when we get sidetracked. Um, All right, let's move on then. <laughs> we can talk more about Palace later. Uh, to our next story. Speaking of AC Milan, actually, yeah, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has scored in his first start for AC Milan since rejoining the club, and it has quote made him feel alive. <laughs> I'll celebrate like a god at San Siro, not here. The important thing is that I feel good. I missed a few balls at the beginning of the game, but I need to get play games to get back in shape. Uh, sounds like he's doing better than his statue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because a related story, just to kind of tie them in together, is Zlatan's statue watch. This week, on January 5th, 2020, it was reported that the Zlatan Ibrahimovic statue was sawn off at the ankles. Vandals had toppled the statue of the former Sweden striker by sawing it off at the ankles. This comes after a wave of vandalism, including spray painting, attempts to remove the nose, and setting the statue on fire, as well as the infamous toilet seat incident. The infamous. That, that kept happening multiple times, you know. I, I swear to God, that must just be a thing that you put toilet seats on people in Sweden. I don't know. Sullying a whole nation with... Yeah. <laughs> just stop putting toilet seats on people, guys. Come on. <laughs> if you are Swedish, just tweet at us with a yes or no. No context. We'll probably forget what it's for, but just yes or no. Do you put toilet seats on people? Uh, speaking of toilet seats, ooh, that worked out great. Uh, update on Harry Kane, gentlemen. <laughs> the Tottenham striker will have surgery on his hamstring and will be out until April. Kane, 26, suffered the injury to Tottenham's defeat to Southampton on New Year's Day. No time scale was originally given on the England captain's return, but Spurs now say that surgery is required and he will not be back until April. How are you guys going into a Euro 2020 summer feeling about him as the official permanent captain and as potentially the starting striker despite being Can we just injured? acknowledge that are we are we saying toilet seat means that someone's bad? Yeah, he's crap. He's crap. So toilet seat crap. There you go. Crap adjacent. Are we worried about Euro 2020? I think if we didn't have like Marcus Rashford banging in goals and Jaden Sancho being great and Danny Ings potentially and Tammy Abraham and maybe get Jamie Vardy out of retirement for the lols. Um, <laughs> How does the captain thing play in though? Because he's not like, he. the Southgate didn't say that there's like a rotating captain. It's Harry Kane is the captain. 
So is that going to put added pressure on them to play him this summer? I mean, it it will because it'll be it's England, so it's it, we'll we'll start to fall into the same trap that we always do, and there'll be these players that cannot get dropped or cannot not play. So much like Kane has been rushed back from every Tottenham injury constantly for the last two three seasons, he'll get rushed back the same for England, and so he'll have to have the armband and play. But do I necessarily think he's the most? influential player on the pitch no can we not hope hope that gareth southgate is smarter than that no 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 straight away right i mean i i had some some hope because as you say other strikers are in such good form at the minute but oh really that just that depresses me that i'm already depressed let me put a scenario out there to you guys as the two england people let's say we get to the end of the season english people england fans england the team i think you need to watch a little bit more of the crown mate hello england yeah. people as subjects of her royal highness oh fucking hell. queen elizabeth <laughs> big lizzie <laughs> um let's say we get to the end of the season tammy comes in second for the uh golden boot race or rashford they're both right in that conversation um and harry kane scores three goals right towards the end of the season. Who do you want to see in starting? Like, what's your ideal there? And what do you think will actually happen? Like, you know. What I think would actually happen would be if Kane's back, Kane starts. That's simple facts. I mean, he'll be back before the end of the season. Yeah, so I don't I don't think anyone but Kane starts. Whether Rashford or Abraham, um, Rashford seems to me to play more if... Because if, chances are it'll be, say, Sterling on the left and Sancho on the right. Yeah, I think if if he wants to do something a bit more, should we say, intricate and chopping and changing between players, then probably go for Rashford. But Abraham would kind of fits in the middle of the Rashford kind of Kane spectrum, where he's a bit more of a target man and a bit more in the air. Yeah, and that's pretty similar to Chelsea's setup. Yeah, with Pulisic and Willian or Callum and Willian. Mm-hmm. All right, so Kane and Kane it is, I guess. Uh, Jamie Vardy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Just give him all the port and skittles and vodka you can send and say, come on, give us a summer. I think Get him that, on that cheeky Vimto. Yeah, exactly. I think that has to be, there has to be a thought of that if if Leicester carry on. But I mean, how does that work? Does, does Southgate genuinely beg him to come back? Or do we just play Rashford, who's in great form, young, assume that he's going to be our main striker for, you know, the next eight years? Who knows? Just turn up at his house with 24 WKDs, mate. Yeah, that'd do it, that'd do it. But Vardy's got to be thought about, surely. I mean, I know he's retired, but... He's being thought about right now, Ian. He's yeah. being thought about by <laughs> He's literally, literally being thought about right now by people on the cut and thrust of the football media. Mm. That's us, by the way. Oh, oh, right, gotcha. Uh, and our final story, uh, Holmesdale FC uh, have walked off amid racist abuse allegations during a Rochester United League game. It is the first notable instance of a team walking off the pitch during a lead game amid claims that one of their players was racially abused. How are we feeling about that, gents? About time? What? That not that there's someone walked off, right? That's what we're. <laughs> yeah, we're not pro racism. <laughs> Just checking, right? <laughs> We've had this conversation off air so many times, Chuck. We are anti-racism. Yeah, but I don't know. Public polls keep telling me I don't know. It's just fine. Don't get it. Yeah. Uh, politics. Um. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it, they also said that he got spat at and headbutted, and so it's obviously Jesus. being investigated. No, that was the response. Sorry, from the to the racist, not the. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm behind that. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. 
And, uh, well, I mean, Rochester's a shithole, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> there you go. Any listeners there? Uh, fuck off. Where is it? Kent. Oh, there's never been any racism in Kent. It's fine. No, no, not no. at all. No. no, obviously, obviously we support clubs walking off it. I mean, it's, well, what what sort of rung of the ladder are we talking here? This is... Tenth, ninth, Ninth, probably. tenth, yeah, okay. So we're, we're, we're gradually creeping up into proper football, I mean... Who knows how long it'll take before a top top level team does it? No, because yeah. there was one. There was one from a non league in a in a cup, wasn't there? In like one of the FA Cup preliminary rounds, was there? Oh, yeah, where someone walked off because it has happened before. But obviously, there's loads of things happening with Tottenham and Chelsea. That game where there were announcements played. Yeah, before the match this week, just preemptively getting out there, being like, reminder: don't be a prick. racism is bad. Yeah, um, there was the City fan also. Racist, yeah. hurling racist abuse at Sterling, his own player. Smart guy. Do we think that this will set almost a precedent or the tone for teams to actually start walking off? Or is this going to be like an aberration and a one-time thing because it was further down the leagues? There's no way it's a one-time thing. I think this, like I say, I think this is just going to start creeping up the levels now. So, because the, the, the higher levels it goes, the more sort of media spotlight it will get. Um, it's a big sort of touchstone issue at the minute, isn't it? So I just think, yeah, I think this will carry on happening. It should carry on happening and it will just start creeping up the levels now. I don't know how long it'll be before you get a League Two team walking off or whatever. But Yeah, it nearly happened in internationals, didn't it, with England and Bulgaria? But obviously then there was a lot I of think, Yeah, I think they were on a knife edge of doing it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and there was a lot of vitriol at that about obviously it being Bulgaria and their history and then lo and behold, five days later, it starts happening here, so you know there's, there's enough problems to sort out closer to home and, and just there there has to be a way of, of of making it work because it's just it's just fucking disgusting you don't you know to get five-year bans from from football grounds and stuff is it is it really enough is that does that warrant it do you deserve you know if if any of us were in our place of work and a complete stranger came in and screamed at us and and was abusive or you know not even going into the racist or uh, xenophobic or ageist in your case, Dean, um, <laughs> abuse, <laughs> you know, into the protected kind of characteristics area, like that would be unacceptable. No, good on uh, Homesdale FC for acting on it um, because at some point it, there is a breaking point and I don't think it's acceptable, especially if potentially nothing's going to be done about it. You say, okay, well, well, that's it. Yeah, the clubs seem to have to take it into their own hands because the FA isn't doing anything but paying lip service to the issue at this point and until like stadium bans and fines and maybe points deductions start coming in you know unfortunately it does fall to the players and the clubs t-shirts and logos and snappy catch lines only go so far yeah all right well let's move on then to the actual football from this weekend we'll just run through the fixtures pretty quickly um i think this weekend for me at least was remarkable in its unremarkableness Unremarkableness. Yeah, there was only a couple of like Burnley of the Week type matches, and all the clubs that had been underperforming or overperforming pretty much got the results that you would expect. I think that'll be a running theme as we go through, but let's start off with a cheeky Friday kickoff, gentlemen. We did have Sheffield United beating West Ham 1 to 0, 2.1 to 0.9 on XG. Sheffield's amazing run this season just continues. Yeah, up to what? Up to sixth now? Yes, sixth ahead of Wolves, and only two points behind Man United. That upsets me, though, that Man United are up there. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, very good. West Ham, 
they've had a bit of a bounce and they they do look better, but obviously there's still a lot of things to to solve there. They did have the unfortunate. I mean, if you want to say it's unfortunate, obviously the goal disallowed right towards the end of the game. I think it was in the 93rd minute uh, where Declan Rice has um, hit the ball into his arm and and then as he's running, um, he's then come out and said every single footballer is against VAR and obviously throwing his toys out the pram, etc. And, you know, it's just the law of the game being enforced, mate. Literally the law. This is the same guy, remember, who kicked off because he was about five yards inside the penalty box uh, and cleared the ball <laughs> and then had to have it retaken and then encroached on the retake as well. Um, so, <laughs> smart, smart yeah, guy. He, he, yeah, let's... He doesn't look like the brightest bulb in the box anyway. So, Yeah, and on the VAR thing, like it was nice this week on Twitter to finally start seeing other people be like, guys, VAR is being implemented kind of confusingly, but all, most of your complaints are actually about the rules, not about VAR itself. Stop blaming VAR for the rules being stupid. The rules were stupid before VAR, and now VAR is just highlighting that. And it's nice to sort of see that, at least on Twitter, in the circles that I sort of follow, the conversation turning away from VAR sucks and fuck the AR, which is still very much the mood at the stadiums, to people realizing oh, that like... Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to see it shifting. I mean, we don't want to keep talking about VAR all the time, so, you know, we don't we don't try to bring it up because there's every weekend there's an armpit offside. But yeah, I don't know. At least as far as that, since it came up, to me, it's nice to see other people finally realizing that it's more about the rules than it is about VAR itself. Yeah. And it is a silly rule, don't get me wrong, in that situation at the speed... And it, it, he didn't try to naturally make his body bigger or he didn't smash the ball down. You know, he's they're both sprinting. The ball's come off the Sheffield player, gone sideways into his arm as his arm's coming back for the run and it's just dropped down in front of him. It doesn't matter that he's about 25 yards away, 30 yards away from the goal when it happens. It's That leads up to uh, Snodgrass's goal and that's just the law of the game and how it's implemented. So... There's a, they've given they've got a lot to think on, obviously, and they're, they're, there's a lot of ammunition kind of coming their way. I think I think in general all of the owners and the senior people at the clubs will be happy that it's there. I just think it's it's just the implementation, and it's sad that you know we didn't talk about it this week, but last week, sorry, but there's, the screen still hasn't been looked at in a single Premier League game. But Michael Oliver went and looked at it in the the Palace derby game. Um, typically, it would be fucking us that suffer with them. <laughs> someone actually looking at it for once so and so yeah I think it just needs a lot of tweaking it won't happen this season and we'll, we'll see what they come back with in the summer um, but obviously a lot of those things are just the international rules of football laws of football even so it's not quite that easy just because you get a bit disgruntled with them one season to just go right we're ripping up the rule book for the the whole world yeah and um, I think this summer seeing VAR going to be used at 20, it is going to be used at Euro 2020, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So seeing it used in a big international competition like it was two summers ago at the World Cup will hopefully remind people of how it can be when it's used well. Um, because that, I think you pretty much unanimously that summer at the World Cup, people were like, oh, this VAR thing is cool. I'm a big fan of this. Like there was a lot of good moments with that. And so, you know, if the league will be looking at itself and looking at its own implementation and the rules at the same time as potentially hopefully the euros showcasing what var can do when done well that could be a spur for change going into next season but uh moving on we have the first early kickoff saturday crystal palace one arsenal one chuck not quite burnley of the week but you guys 0.3 to 1.0 
Uh, we were horrendous. Well, uh, can you be considered horrendous when you just don't do anything? <laughs> like, you literally just give the other team a ball and just let them pass it around and let them find their rhythm. Like, can it be horrendous if you're just passively standing there? I don't know. Do you have to actively be trying to fuck up or... Because the first goal was just, we'd let them have... I think you messaged me and after like 10 minutes, Arsenal were at 80-something percent possession. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of fun, just trying to needle you. <laughs> I mean, it's just early, that's fine. And then obviously for the goal, like David Luiz gets it at about the centre spot. He passes it 20-odd yards straight forward to Meza Ozil, who passes it six yards straight forward <laughs> to Lacazette, who then passes it straight forward to Aubameyang. So not, the ball never moved outside of the posts, and they just <laughs> went straight through because no one was pressing. And you're like, this is absolute madness. Like, you've got a team here that's renowned for donkey's years, playing under, under Arsene Wenger, this pass-pass style of football. You bring in Arteta, who has just learnt off Guardiola for years, who is used to playing this pass-pass football, and has got them practicing Rondo non-stop. And you're just like, you know what? Let's just give them the ball. Let's not press them and let's just see our goal. Yeah. It was not the best match, I'll say. I, I messaged you and Adam and said, I'm having more fun watching you two bicker on Twitter than I am <laughs> watching your two crap teams try to lose to each other. Which is No, it, it was pretty bad. But And then Arsenal didn't really make the most of it, I don't feel, in the first half. Like, we, we came into it a bit more in the sec, like the second half of the first half and had a few good chances. I mean, we actually had a shot on target in the first half towards the end, uh, guys. So, you know, hey. progress. And it was, yeah, they kind of let us back in. And then there was a moment where an incident happened and it was something stupid, like two Arsenal players ran into each other, knocked each other down. And then the ball went to an Arsenal player, but then Palace took it back. And then they had to stop because it was a head injury, etc. And then... The referee then brought it back for a drop ball, but then Arsenal never played it back to us or something like that. And obviously everyone was a bit, you know, started booing and it kind of G'd up the crowd massively and the players to a point where it was like, no, fuck you. All right, well, we're going to take you now. And then all of a sudden the game stepped up. That then led to um, Jordan Ayew getting a, a quite a lucky deflection um, on a goal. And then obviously Aubameyang getting a red card for his uh, challenge on Maya, which... I think it's fair. Yeah, I had no problem with it. I think when you compare it to what uh, Mamadou Sakho's one was before, uh, when was it, about six, seven weeks ago now? Like, I get Sakho's moving a bit faster, but, you know, Aubameyang's just come clean in, studs up, straight at ankle height towards him. You know, it's... Yeah, when you're showing studs and you catch someone above the ankle, I see no way that someone can, that you can complain that your player got a red card. Like no, exactly. And but what was funny, and that links in before, is that obviously the Palace uh, fans had banners up um, against VAR saying it's killing the atmosphere, <laughs> killing the game, etc. Get rid of it. Uh, we're then waiting for the VAR decision while they're chanting "fuck VAR," and whilst we then benefit from Aubameyang being sent off, so it was a bit weird. Yeah. It's like, Michael, get the banner down. Come on. Get the banner down. <laughs> this is like the Millwall guy. Turn off, don't fuck it off. <laughs> shit, shit. And that's just South London for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's fucking, that's football fans. And that sandwiches you very nicely between Arsenal and Tottenham. Tottenham on 30, you guys on 29, and Arsenal on 28. So you stay above, stay in the top, you know, top 10, I guess top 9. Top 9, yep. The, we hit the minimum prerequisite to be in the top 9. Thank you very much. Yep, there you go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 
So it's looking like going to be your highest ever points total, right? So, like, how are you feeling? Still on for it. I mean, it's it's so hard to get a read on anything. Like, I've been very down, and I still am down a bit on it because it's it's scraping by the underlying numbers or whatever aren't good. The goals, you know, we're still not really getting them. And there there are some little positives out there. Like, Jaro Riedeveld has been pretty amazing since he started uh, actually getting some minutes you know he signed he was starting for Ajax like the year before they got to the Champions League semi-final for fuck's sake um, and then just wasn't playing for us all last season which must have been a bit gutting for him but he's he's come in into a position that he doesn't normally play as left back since we've not got Jeffrey Schlupp or Patrick Van Aanholt um, and been playing really well and just doing absolute madness skills and and stuff whilst we're playing against Arsenal and it was it was lovely to see so no there, there are some positives but I just think we need to gradually get players back to actually play football again like we're, we're not really we're kind of scraping by and you know you look at all of our results recently and it's just been so many missed opportunities you know that's albeit against Arsenal and yes it's a good point like that's a massive opportunity to be up up in the game, you know, momentum wise and, and positivity wise against the team that's just gone down to ten men. They've taken off uh their central midfielder who was basically who was doing incredibly well and almost running the game for them in Torreira in the first half. It was very strange that he got brought off. I don't know whether there was a, a knock or anything there, but he was really having a huge impact on the game. Uh, so when he went off, Arsenal also kind of lacked there, um, since you've just got Granite Xhaka who's yeah. Crap. He needs a toilet seat around his neck. He needs he is toilet seat, yeah. All right, well, let's move on then to the only other draw of the weekend and cue the jingle. Oh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. It's the Burnley of the week. Wolves won, Newcastle won, but 2.1 to oh 0.2 on XG. So Newcastle... <laughs> Thoroughly undeserved draw against Wolves, who have been all over the map this year. They've been good. They've been bad. They've gotten some results. They've gotten some bad results. Not good, but they, yeah, they have had such an up and down season. You know, they they had the fixture congestion. They've played more games than any other team, etc., etc. Either of you guys still holding on to Jimmy and your FPL team? I still have my. I finally got rid of him this week. Not adding this season. Uh, that's probably for the best, I think. No, yeah, I just dropped him. Dropped him for Firmino. Oh, Ooh, I like that move. Some prep happening there. Yeah. Oh, I like that. See, he's got to be low percentage too. We'll start talking about fantasy later. Yeah, man. yeah. let's save that for later. Uh, let's move on to the next match. We had Chelsea 3, Burnley 0. 2.9 to Chelsea, 0. 0.4 to Burnley. So pretty much spot oh, on with the score. Overperforming. Yeah. <laughs> 3 off 2.9. Oh. Yeah. Um, Shit, you were fraud. you were cacking your pants about this game. You kept going like, "We're gonna lose, we're gonna lose, we're gonna get Burnley." Oh my god, it's gonna happen! And then all of a sudden, it was just like, "Oh, Tammy Abraham, oh, 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 oh it's all good, three 0 yeah, good vibes." Yeah, it was a it was an easy win. It wasn't much going on. I do always go into a match against Burnley very apprehensively because uh, you know getting Burnley would just be the most appropriate thing. I hate them so much, so they would Burnley my team. Uh, at least it feels that way, but we, but you know we've actually had pretty good success against well, they them. They burned Peterborough earlier in the FA Cup, so yeah. I mean, did they? Did they or did they fully fuck us over? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You probably you probably fully fucked yourself. <laughs> Ian, who did recently? Let's all wish him a happy birthday, listeners. He did recently turn seventy eight. So <laughs> you're leaving yourself nowhere to go for the future. You really are. 
Well, no, you can turn 79. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, okay, that is our number. He's not good at counting, remember? He can't count higher than one. Again, that's from that was from sound check before the listeners are involved. It, you sound can't, check. We can't keep doing this. Check, yay! <laughs> one, 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 one. Yes, that's how I check yep. my mic. There you go. Um, to go back to the Chelsea match, nothing really notable for me, at least. It was uh, nice Hudson to see. Hudson Odoi's first goal. Thank exactly you very much. What I was about nothing to say, notable. Yep. Nothing notable. Disservice to your boy. <laughs> well, I, if you had let me finish my sentence, I was going to say nothing notable other than. Don't lead with your bullshit. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see him score. Uh, Pulisic is out for a few weeks with uh, an injury that may or may not be real. People are suspicious, but I tend when they go for when they say it's for multiple weeks, I tend to believe that. So I don't know, um, but it's nice to see Callum stepping in and filling those boots nicely. Uh, he has been getting better and better the more he's been playing. Um, and he's very talented, probably one of the most talented people at the club. So if he can get up to his talent level at such a young age, then that would be great. Especially since William is having an amazing season, but he is pretty old. So you don't, you know, I'm not betting on William to be the future of the club. I think he's a leader right now, but Callum and Pulisic, and if we do sign Zancho, which there's a ton of rumors about, obviously the three of them would be the future of the club. So it's nice to see Callum hitting that potential long term. Mm. Yeah, Jaden Sancho and Timo Werner being linked, that's that's big stuff. Especially as Werner has like a 50 million release clause. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he said that he wouldn't leave his club even if his release clause got triggered until the summer. But we have varied, like our striking chart, striker chart is very good. Like Michi is an amazing backup. Giroud still can do a job when he called upon. And obviously Tammy's one of the best strikers in the league. So I don't know why they're looking at strikers. They should be looking at keepers mm. and left backs, but we'll see. Um, this is not really... Don't need to defend, mate, if you score more goals than the other team. Yeah, that's true. That is kind of our motto lately. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty straightforward match. We we performed to our numbers. We look good. We are probably the third or fourth best team in the league, and we're playing like it again. We had that blip for a few weeks there, but, you know, if we can keep going as such, we are now up to 72% for the Champions League, so right back up to very, very comfortable numbers and very happy days. Can we talk about Leicester-Southampton now? Yes, let's move on to Leicester 1, Southampton 2. Things can only get better. (laughs) Can only get better when he's on Ian's bench. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I was enjoying that. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you text and said you've dodged a bullet here because I wasn't, I, I didn't see that one. Uh, until the highlights. Fuck me, you were right. Jesus yeah. Christ. I dodged a bullet. He was all over the place. Obviously, he they, they scored in... He, he scored, sorry, in about the 82nd minute or so, so not too close to the end, but like took his shirt off and everything. And I think it's just such a monumental thing for them because of how far they've come since that 9-0 game that was just an absolute shambolic collapse on every spectrum. That, of of their club position wise play wise everything and then they kept losing for a little while and have gradually built up and the fact they've they've now got 13 out of 15 points in the last five games like it's insane and so I think that's kind of what triggered the relief the the way he was playing he hit the bar twice he had two one-on-ones he was playing absolute screamers like and it, it was a fully deserved result getting 0.8 on the XG to 2.2 so exactly right on the scoreline. And you you mentioned the last 
five games, I have the numbers pulled up for that. Over the last, actually, I guess six games, but in the last month, Southampton have had the third most points in the league, getting 13 points. The only two teams above them are Liverpool and Man City uh, on 15 points. And then also on expected points, they are within point two of Liverpool United and Chelsea. They are fifth most expected points over the last month also. They have been genuinely fantastic in the last month, and their uh, run up the table is showing that they are now only 3% to get relegated, which is phenomenal. They've got 20, 28 points from 22 games now, and they, they did just have, what, 15 from 17? Like, that's five games ago. Yeah, and they have had very, very like notable opponents in that run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it has not been against, you know, other relegation rivals, which... Might be equally as important, I guess, in that relegation run, but they're not anymore. They played, what, Spurs, Leicester, Palace, the Mighty Palace. Yeah, well, that that's just just looking at it now and and how they've been playing. That Palace result is a really good result for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like to get yeah. to get one nil against the team. Yeah, they beat Villa. Fine, it's not really saying much. Um, to beat Chelsea, to beat Tottenham, Huddersfield. Huddersfield hey, bringing it back Huddersfield Lovely. and then to to complete this complete turnaround against Leicester to you know not have this humiliation and have an absolutely hard working fantastic performance where they dominate the stats and, and the play and, and get their reward it's, it's absolutely fantastic so you know we, we said very positive things about them last week and I think we'll continue to do so yep and uh, also happy to see Leicester dropping points because they are not the second or third best team in the league, so it is always a nice to see them revert and slowly fall down the table. Things that you can't understand just destroy <laughs> you, don't they? When anything breaks from the social convention and norm and your weird stats robot mind. Absolutely, and we'll uh, we'll sort of touch on this when we get to the Liverpool match, but yeah, I am like, there's a reason that I side with the Sith and not the Jedi, and it is because I crave order and I crave sense in a otherwise chaotic universe as opposed to just like, yeah, fuck it, chaos is great. Um, so we'll kind of get to that with Liverpool. But let's keep going because uh, there is one more match in there to talk about. Before that, we have Manchester United 4, Norwich 0. And fairly e- even on the XG in terms of the result, we had 3.1 to 0.3. So, you know, very, very good performance from United here. Yeah. What do you say about that? I like it. I've been saying since the beginning that United are the third or fourth best team in the league with us. They're pretty much spot on uh, back and forth on expected points, and it is largely bolstered by their defense. Yes, Norwich is crap, but you can only play. You can only beat the teams that are put in front of you. What and, team? Uh, Norwich. Thank you. Sorry, did I say Norwich there a few times? You you did. You I, I, I didn't. I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, that's what, really upsetting. Yeah. I'm not on my <laughs> game today. I I do apologize to our listeners. <laughs> Uh, Norwich being absolute garbage against United. United, that brings them up to 19% to make the qualifying for the UCL or the Champions League. They are the most likely team of the chasing pack now. Um, and Norwich is 93% to get relegated. So that is done oh, and dusted. Jeez. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Okay. Yikes. I mean, they're on 14 points, six behind 19th. That. Eight points from 17th, but, you know, you'd say on that's West Ham and Watford. So you'd say they're kind of on the up teams. They're probably more likely to catch like Burnley on 24 points. 
Yeah. But then that still involves them getting 10 points, which out of 16 games, I don't... It goes back to that thing I was saying the other week that, like, you can catch one team, but to catch four teams or three or four teams, like, that's almost yeah, impossible. It can, it, can, it can happen, right? You know, yeah, I mean, we know Leicester. But look at right? Southampton. Well, no, just Southampton the last six weeks. Sure, yeah, that They too. were rooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Southampton or Watford, gone, done, awful, all saying it. Now, Watford got 13 points from five games. Southampton got 13 points from five games. Like, as I said about Southampton before being on 15 points from 17. Watford were on nine. Watford were on nine fucking points. But Watford's underlying numbers have <laughs> always... A half a point a game, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> a half a point. Uh, That's dog shit. Yeah, I mean, they're still 18% to go down to Watford. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I think if you look at the teams above them, I think Brighton had a really strong start to the to the season and, and look different, but I think they've really struggled recently and the results show that. Newcastle will always be Newcastle. Burnley are absolute garbage. West Ham, I th- I think they'll be kind of steady, but I don't see really that great. And they'll, they'll Villa, Bournemouth and Norwich aren't going to turn this round. I don't, I don't see that so much because Villa have just had zero luck at all all season. Bournemouth, pff, fuck me. I mean, I, I enjoy seeing it. I'm not gonna I was going to say, you must love that. I love it. And it's almost like I reverse jinxed it because last year when we did the Predictor League, I put Bournemouth to get relegated. Right. And so this year when we did the predictions, I was like, well, I'm not going to do that again because they'll just finish higher in the table to spite me. So I put them about mid-table and now they're getting relegated, baby. So reverse jinx, all me. Uh, we did kind of focus in on Norwich for this match, but do we want to give any love to Man United for the four? Or even if they did good, fuck them, we hate them, so we don't want to talk about it. Rashford looked good. Juan Mata was, played an absolute amazing pass for, for the first goal, so it's quite nice to see that he's still got it. Yeah. Uh, I've always wanted, like, I just thought maybe, somewhere in the back of my mind, I just thought maybe, maybe he could play for Palace because he just didn't play for Man United for so long. I was like, I'd love, I'd love that. I like him. Just because he seems like he's lovely. Yeah, he's one of those like N'Golo Kante guys that everyone's just like, what a nice guy. Everybody loves him. So yeah, so that was good to see something from him. But yeah, otherwise it's, I don't know, it's very hard to read into a, a game like that against a team like that who aren't playing with their best player because uh, Pookie, Pookie's injured. So yep. RIP in peace, Norwich. Moving on. We got Tottenham 0, Liverpool 1. Tottenham 1.1 on XG to Liverpool's 1.8. So, you know, when you do the goal difference unexpected, it's still one goal difference. So it's a fair result, even if they both kind of underperformed a little bit. But that's within the realm of variance. Um, Tottenham put up a pretty good fight in the second half there. They did kind of tweak a little bit and looked much better. But the storyline here is clearly Liverpool. They are now 98% for the title. Doesn't feel enough. Doesn't really. They're, what, 16 points and a game in hand ahead of Man City? 14 uh, points, 14 sorry. points, 14 yeah. points and a game in hand, so 17 points ahead. 61 points, 61 points in 21 games. Officially the now uh, the highest scoring team ever at this point of the season, so yep. evidently whichever team before must have been on 58 after uh, that's 20 a, That's or among all, as well. all the top major top five divisions, as, uh, yeah. leagues as well, sorry. They've no the team. Top five divisions. I don't yeah. think that. Top five divisions. Not even Peterborough's done that. Uh, no, the top five. The top five leagues in the world. Um, yeah, no, no club has ever won twenty out of twenty-one. I mean, that's yeah. insane. Mad. 
Same. Do you reckon it riles them that the draw was Man United? Yes. It's <laughs> got to be massively. That's so disappointing for them as well because that was Man United were not good around then. Yeah. I mean, they're not really good ever. But they're uh, what they probably don't mind the fact that Man United are fifth, but they're 27 points ahead of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're going to look at the bigger picture, fine. But... <laughs> 27 points with a game in hand. Potentially, Liverpool can be 30 points ahead of Man United in January, for fuck's yeah, sake. That's insane. I think they take that all day long. <laughs> Fair enough. Any, like, I don't know, what do we say about Liverpool at this point? They just keep doing Liverpool. Again, didn't necessarily play very well, but Firmino was amazing. Mane was amazing. Salah was amazing. I thought Tottenham, I felt like it was a bit of a gift to start with. Tottenham Tottenham really did play the most Jose sort of damage limitation sort of football. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be like this, is it? Great. Okay. Yeah, it was. That, that wasn't great. But, they, but then when they did come into the game, I mean, it's it's like we were just saying, it's kind of the same as with England. You know, if you take Harry Kane out again um, and Kane's been there the whole time Jose's uh, been there. So, yeah. He's he's then got to find right a different way to play to try and try and sort that out. At least he had Sun back, um, although they didn't really do much in the highlights uh, that I remember. But yeah, they had such a golden chance at the end with Lo Celso right yeah. in front of the goal to put that away. I mean, even Mourinho was hilarious. Like you watch his reaction to it, and he went down on his knees, like <laughs> just kind of laughs. laughing, stuck his tongue out. And it was funny that he was doing that. And then in the foreground, you've got Jurgen Klopp going absolutely fucking ballistic <laughs> yeah. across yeah. his players, and Jose's just there, like oh, on the floor, and then like hugging the the fourth official, <laughs> little cuddle to the fourth official. Yeah. So at least you know he's not being. Jose Jose about it yet. Yep. Um, the one thing that was Jose Jose was putting out a bad lineup to try to throw the results to a certain extent, playing a complete and utter lack of a central midfield and some very inexperienced players in a big match. Well, he, he kind of knows there's nothing really to play for this year, doesn't he? Yeah, that does that does feel like kind of the final nail in the coffin. They're now nine points behind Chelsea and only 11% to make ch- uh, Champions League. Yeah. So, you know. he's got to do He's got to do something that's... His players have got to do something which is beyond their means at this point if, with the situation they're in. And I think with, like we said, that how destructive and kind of bad that atmosphere was there that he just needs to kind of ride out this season. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's not gonna, they're not going to get rid of him. And surely he must have had guarantees, if not January, maybe potentially January offload some players because I know they don't want Ericsson to go on a free. Then in the summer, kind of get the money to spend. Yeah, all right. Well, let's move on to the Sunday matches. We had Watford smacking down Bournemouth 3 2.3 to 0.3 on XG. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you just get a manager and knows how he wants to play, really. It's amazing how it works. And and that's the thing, the Watford manager merry-go-round comes up trumps again because it always happens at some point. They try a few different things and they go, all right, well, Pearson knew what he was doing and... That means Pearson's going to go at the end of the season. Ranieri's <laughs> going to come in and Watford are going to win the league next year. So Job done. There you go. All right. And uh, speaking of job done, <laughs> we had Manchester City 6, Aston Villa 1, scoring that obnoxious late penalty at the end there, uh, putting them at 1.1 on XG, including the penalty. They were at 0.1 up to that point. Not quite 0.1, but somewhere around there. And 3.4 to City, scoring six. Um, but honestly, it looked like it could have been eight or nine to me. That is what we call a knock to the confidence. <laughs> I was sure you were going to go dicking, but fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right, well, um, 
yeah, definite negative there. I mean, they were 3-0 up after about 25 minutes, and when you see that, that's kind of job done, isn't it? I had a bet on 3-0, and when the second goal went in about 20 minutes or so, I was like, oh, fuck. it's 2-0 I sort of should be happy it's going in the right direction but I was like no it's it's going to swing wildly in the other direction this is bad yeah Villa were lucky that um, City did kind of not switch off but sort of relax a bit in the second half didn't quite keep pushing because that could have really kept running up it was already an embarrassing scoreline I believe it was City's biggest away win ever or something like that I don't know the announcer was saying or I think it might have been at 6-0 but then the penalty at the end changed that They've beaten Palace by five, like three times, <laughs> home and away, in the same season, oh, I think God. three times. <laughs> Ouch. Jesus Christ. Watching this match, I was struck by a wave of sadness. One of the reasons that I fell in love with the Premier League so much, ab- right. above, above and beyond even American sports that I grew up watching, is that in American sports, it's very easy, I would even say most seasons, if like more than half, maybe not like the overwhelming majority, but the best team does not win the title in American sports. And that's because of the nature of playoffs, right? It's like the Champions yeah. League. The best team in the world doesn't always win the Champions League. It's maybe like a 50-50 chance because it's a knockout competition. So here, you'll have the best team. You'll have the team that had an amazing long season, consistently better than everybody else. And then in the playoffs, weird things happen and yeah. they won't win the title. I think a very notable example of that was the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors in 2000. 15 or 16, I forget what it was. They went on a run. They won the most games ever in a regular season. They had the best underlying numbers of any team ever. Their metrics were amazing. They Steph were, Curry. That's the one. Yep. Um, and then they lost in the finals. And they lost in the finals. They were up 3-0 in the finals. And it was a huge, huge choke job by them. To the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, very good. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Didn't even do that. <laughs> Once again, Brain Google wins. There you go. Because LeBron came back, baby. Um, or in football, that happened with the Patriots too. There's teams that are like are the you know probably the greatest team of all time, but then they don't win the title, so they don't get to even be in the conversation. Um, and so that, but that very rarely happens in the Premier League. Over 38 games, the underlying numbers, by and large, do show out. You know, Leicester is a notable, you know, exception to that. And now I guess Liverpool. The the Leicester being a notable exception, that's kind of what you're alluding to, is what can happen in the US sports because of that. Right, exactly. But the reason I like the Premier League is because it doesn't happen as much over there. And watching City today just beat down on Villa, I was reminded of the fact that they are the best team in England. They're the best team probably in the world. Maybe not. I mean, it's at least a conversation, but their underlying numbers are far and above Liverpool's. And, like, Liverpool grind out wins... But when City are on, like a 6-1, was anyone even particularly surprised by that? No, no. That they're not going to win the title, that they're not even remotely like going into the end of the season with a chance of winning the title, is really sad to me. Because I like that in the Premier League, it's usually the best team that wins. And this year it won't be, unless unless City have a horrible back half of the season with their underlying numbers and and Liverpool going to... Did I say Liverpool or City just now? I don't know. You've said both of those names many times. (laughs) Yeah. It could still end up that Liverpool were the best team, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's it's a bummer to me that that City aren't even there. Yeah, but it's yeah, that's because if it was the same as last year and it was the back and forth, back and forth, you could completely take it. Right. Because that's that was just so entertaining last year that obviously Liverpool were seven points ahead around Christmas time and then, you know, dropped back a tiny bit and then just both teams, it was just they were not losing 
but Liverpool gradually dropped down with a couple of draws and then that that was all she wrote on the final day of the season but that, so that was fantastic and so it is kind of a shame that it hasn't gone that way but they've just got to be City especially having a massive eye on that game against Real Madrid yeah and Madrid are there to be had for sure oh massively this year yeah, no, no question about that. They are a shadow of their former selves. We've, we've said it multiple times about all of the top leagues going across that there's a lot of rebuilding going on everywhere. And so Real Madrid, when you have to go back to a manager who left and you don't really change much and you've still got players that are causing dissent and an age, aging team and people you want to get off the wage bill, there's there's a prime opportunity there for Man City to make a real kind of statement in the round of 16 to just go, yep, right, Real Madrid done, who's next? Yeah, and and they looked like they were playing against fucking cones, like defending cones. I made that joke in the chat with you guys. Like, Villa were just standing there. It might as well have been a training session for them. And City can fucking dismantle teams. They could do that to Real Madrid easily. That wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Like, they're that Mm. good. And so I guess I'm just disappointed in the Premier League. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Uh, Come on, Premier League. All right. Well, uh, before we jump to the break, Ian, let's check in on your... Posh, how are they doing? Yeah, we had a nil-nil draw against <laughs> Gillingham. This section always starts with, Ugh. Ugh. It does Ugh. at the minute. Don't Fuck make me. me face my reality. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what we're down to now. It must be sixth or seventh, and teams around us have game a game in hand as well. Bad, it's bad times to be honest at the minute. I really hope our back half of the season picks up because it's been a shocking December and uh, January now as well. Let's have a look. Where are we? Um, it's all about that end of season playoff push, mate. That's that's what oh, it is. Fuck me, it's ninth now. Oh, geez. what are the points Sorry. saying? What points are we saying? Uh, Twenty five games played, thirty seven points. But Fleetwood Town are below us, and they've got two games in hand. Eesh. And then the the next three teams below us have got a game in hand: Burton Albion, Bristol Rovers, and Blackpool. I mean, we are, it's it's yeah, it's not good. I mean, we're still touching distance of the playoffs, but as you said, I mean, with ninth now, there's a couple of teams ahead of us, and yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah I mean, they're decent teams as well. Doncaster Rovers, Portsmouth. Did you say twenty two games? Twenty five games. Twenty five games. Points. So that's what still like forty eight games left to go in the <laughs> yeah, about a million, so yeah, <laughs> we got time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's twenty twenty one games left, but. Oh yeah, so there is plenty of time, but it's just I just don't like the form at the minute, and there, there's already talk about us having to buy um, a goalkeeper this January. We only bought a fucking goalkeeper. It, he, he's really not been what we hoped he'd be. Um, oh, I can relate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and just individual mistakes. I think we got um, another player sent off uh, against Gillingham. I mean, how many red cards have we had over Christmas? They've been. There's definitely been some players looking for suspensions over Christmas. Fuck me. Yeah, they played it smart. I remember looking, I'm pretty sure it was something like three out of six games in a row Peterborough had had someone sent off. Uh, let's have a look. Let me just pull this up and and I will read it out to you. Oh, so, against Gillingham, red card. Then yeah, against okay. Burnley, no, no one sent off. Lovely. Lovely. Lost 4-2. Uh, against Lincoln, you had a red card, 2-1. The previous game to that, Rotherham and Peterborough, red card. So... <laughs> You know, started to fight that time, yeah. yeah. And then we go back, and then it's not a while, like it's quite a while before your next one. So that's just a madness, though, that like three out of four games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three out of three in the league as well, you have someone sent out, sent off. And uh, we play AFC Wimbledon at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. So 
Cherry Red Records. Yeah, Red Records. Ugh. All right, well, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah, never ask again. I'll bring it up when we sort ourselves out. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, on that note, let's take a break, and we will come back with some listener stuff and some FPL team conversations. We'll see you in a bit. And we never spoke of Peterborough again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Miles Offside podcast. Uh, we're here for part two, the deuce, and we're going to um, start ourselves off with a little bit of interaction from yourselves in Ian's Corner. I don't know why I keep trying to make that a name for it. Make it a thing. Sounds a bit sinister, really, doesn't it? It's like Blair Witch Project. Um, so we've got one from uh, Sam Danby, and I should I should mention, really, that this came in on our Slack channel, which you've ch- set up, Chuck. Yeah. And this is a Slack channel for Patreons. We haven't mentioned this over the new year, really. So it's on patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod, and you can donate at numerous different levels and get access to a Slack channel where... Uh, me and Chuck are fairly active. Oscar doesn't understand what it is, so he doesn't he doesn't really use it's it. True. Um, and you can submit your questions there. We talk FPL, we talk football, we talk Australian A League weirdness quite a lot. At yeah, the minute. but their mascots are ketchup bottles and barbecue. And that's a bit yeah, a bit weird, but very odd stuff going on the Slack. So if you want to join us, then you can get on the Patreon there. But uh, Sam Danby is one of our one of our Patreons, and uh, he asks. Is there any New Year's resolution nonsense going on your end? So, gentlemen, any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I got one. Um, last year, I didn't really do any running events. It was the first time in a while that I didn't. So this year, I'm going to try to get back uh, with the feet hitting the old pavement. I got myself a nice pair of running shoes yesterday. i uh, going to sign up for a couple of half marathons, maybe do another full. It's been a while since I did that. Um, you know, I, I, I really hate myself, and I think a healthy way to process that is to damage my legs and body. By running many, many miles. You've done marathons before. Yeah. You're a weirdo. I am indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it is cheaper than therapy, so. <laughs> okay. How many marathons have you done in the past? Uh, one, two, two and a half. Two and a, two and a half, right. Okay. Yeah, two and a half. The last one, I think that was what part of why I took last year off. The last marathon I attempted, uh, I had bronchitis. So I probably shouldn't have tried. Probably, mm, yeah. Yeah, I remember that, actually. It was the day before my 30th birthday, and I was like, no, fuck this. I gotta, I gotta get one in before I turn 30. And Emily was like, you idiot, you have bronchitis, this is a horrible idea. My dad had yeah. signed up for that one with me, so I was excited to run with him as well. It was his first marathon. Okay. Um, I got to mile 18 and basically just collapsed. Emily and my mom were like, nope, no more. You are going home. And I was like, well, he has to finish, though. If he if he promises to finish, then fine. But if not, I'm going to go until I collapse, literally. And so I will only stop if my dad promises to finish. And he did. And that was a great birthday present to me that he got to finish his first ever marathon. I don't think you understand gifts. <laughs> um, but don't try to run a marathon with bronchitis. Not recommended. Very traumatic, which is why I didn't run anything last year. I'm not doing, yeah, any of that. <laughs> any of that business. I don't want to run. I don't want bronchitis. I don't want the... That's not a Venn diagram. That's just one circle. None of those things. Oh, so is that your New Year's resolution? Not to run a marathon? Well, I don't really do New Year's resolutions because, fuck that. Can't be bothered. Why just do something when you want to do it. Don't use, like, New Year 
no new year new me all this crap no you're not you're still the same old prick um and so (laughs) that's always my resolution to just i promise guys i promise all of you and i will maintain this i I'm not going to change. Just keep being the same old prick? That's your resolution? <laughs> yes. Um, because in this crazy, crazy world in which we live, of the many upside downs and the hitherto's and why fours of craziness everywhere, you need a, you need a galactic constant, guys, a, a sort of a, an anchor point that we can mm-hmm. all ensure no matter what happens, it's sort of like the little spindle thing that the guys have in Inception or or like their, their to, to, whatever it is, totem? Totem. Totem, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Fucking bang it. Um, and that's just me being a dickhead for you guys, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Ian? You're going to learn to count higher than one this year or? No, because then I'll get promoted at work and I can't handle the pressure. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have a specific New Year's resolution because I think that's, you're just setting yourself up for a fall, aren't you? Especially if you tell people on some sort of recorded medium and then you don't exactly, back it up. Exactly, which is an awful idea. I mean, I've got a vague thing that my, my weight is going down. It's going in the right direction. It's just happening very, very, very slowly. I don't know. There was a week where there where it was happening very, very rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was one week. That's true. I've more than made up for it this weekend. With it being my birthday on Friday, I've been fucking Happy terrible. birthday! Yeah, Yay. thanks, yeah. His 111th birthday, <laughs> like <laughs> Bilbo. It's gone up a bit. Uh, but yeah, it's, oh, this weekend's been terrible. But God, fuck knows. I haven't been to the gym since before Christmas. And mostly to let all the January pricks leave. Yeah, it has gotten noticeably more crowded, yeah. which is annoying. I hate that. All the people with their shiny new spandex. Exactly. Has it already started dropping off, though? You, like two weeks in, usually enough people start fucking not going anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's Blue Monday tomorrow, isn't it? Is that what you call your birthday? Blue Monday? No. Well, no, I was born in that. No, because it's like two weeks into the new year. Everything's kind of settled down. That's it. Life has begun again. No more like two weeks of no one knowing what day it is and all that kind of jazz. The bloke who came up with that um, said, oh, no, it's a load of bollocks. New order. Uh, no, <laughs> not new order, no. Um, no. Said, no, it's a load of bollocks. A marketing company phoned me up and asked me to do, come up with something. So I did a bullshit formula that then got printed. And now it's apparently a thing. But yeah, he totally made it, it up. I don't understand what marketing is. It was, um, congratulations, oh, you're all depressed today. Yeah, I can find out. But yeah, it was. It was. People I'm going to go ahead and assume he was English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, Chucky, how was uh, how was your birthday weekend? Right, it's your birthday weekend too. Insofar as it's the weekend closest to your birthday. Uh, yeah, it's the weekend closest to my birthday. Yeah, my birthday. Anything on fun? Anything fun going on? Uh, I got to watch the Palace Arsenal game. Ew! No, I said something fun. I got to the bit in Jedi Fallen Order where I made my own lightsaber. Spoiler alert. Ooh, that is a good one. <laughs> what color did you go for? Purple, naturally. Oh, yeah, you would. Fair enough. Yeah. What did you do? Were you depressed that there was no red in it? I was, yes, actually, genuinely. But <laughs> you can be damn sure that when I go to Disneyland in a month, I will be making a red lightsaber at Savi's workshop. Can you get white ones? Could they do like do they do white oh, and somehow make a dark saber that's just a black light? They do have a dark a black kyber crystal, so you can pretend it's a dark saber, but that costs extra, you have to buy that separate, but yeah. I mean, if if we're just playing pretend, like you don't need to buy anything, mate, really do you? <laughs> just buy just get the cheapest option. Maybe get a toilet roll or maybe just a kitchen roll holder and just pretend you've got a lightsaber. Fuck you, Disney. Give us the black ones. 
Blue Monday came about because Sky Travel were the company that wanted to uh, get out there that everyone's depressed in the winter and so you should all go on holiday. And yeah, I probably want to lose a couple of stone, but you know, whatever. I'm not putting a date on it. Just chop your leg off, mate. Job done. Could do. I've got very powerful legs. A meaty thigh. Very, power- very powerful legs. How much is a stone? Uh, some pounds. 14 pounds. Fucking hell, you want to lose 30 pounds this year? Probably. Quite the goal. I like that. That's impressive. Well, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I believe in you, bud. <laughs> okay. I've got a, I've, my brother-in-law's getting married in August, and I'm fucked if I'm going to buy another suit, but there's no way I'm going to fit into the one I've got now. <laughs> it's, got, it's, got a, like, it's got a waistcoat. I'll just look like a sausage. Well, why, here's, here's an idea, Ian. Why don't, mm. for recording purposes, why don't, why don't you just run down to me every week? Okay. Run down to me, yeah. Peterborough to, to South, like, sorry. Uh, I, f- I don't know, I feel a bit of bronchitis. I feel a bit of bronchitis coming on, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's perfect running conditions, mate. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, if it's if it's less than 18 miles, you can probably do it. But, you know, beyond that, that's when you're kind of getting up there. If it's less than 18 miles, I mean... Yeah, apparently that's the limit of how far I can run with bronchitis is 18 miles. Now I know that about myself. You shouldn't be running at all. Marathons are bad for you, aren't they? I mean, aren't they medically bad for you yeah yeah yeah. my knees are horrible i have no kind of knee cartilage anymore and i'm only 31 yeah, really i've my i've got terrible knees doctor told me i couldn't run there you go now you have an excuse lucky you got a note yeah they <laughs> say where's your doctor's note i don't have one i train on the elliptical most of the time and then yeah just to sort of save my knees that well i wasn't at first the first couple of big races i ran i was out hitting the road yeah. And then more recently, I've, I've switched over to the elliptical just to get the cardio so in. So effectively, but... your New Year's resolution is to tr- well and truly fuck, fuck your, your knees. knees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, never mind. Good. And uh, you did an old school thing, Oscar. You you put a question in yourself. You've not done that since before we had, you know, no listeners. And now we've got some listeners. Some listeners. Literally some listeners. We've got some. You, you decided to do it again. Yeah. You know, 2020. <laughs> Everything you justify is just 2020. 2020. 2020. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's great. I can get away with it for two more days after Blue Monday, not allowed. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> just taken taken on this Blue Monday thing fully. Yeah. Okay, so you said, which specific season stroke year of your team has been your all-time favourite? Ooh. Absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you, <laughs> thank, listener. Thank you, Oscar. I think I'll, I'll go first. I have something ready to go for that. <laughs> oh, oh. That's, that's surprising. Would it would it by any chance be something to do with a team that might have in 2012, perhaps May 19th, perchance um, won like the Asia Trophy or something? Yeah, go on the Asia Trophy. Actually, surprisingly, no. That is not my favorite ever Chelsea team Ooh, or season. Fuck me. Oh, is that because Michael Ballack wasn't in it? That for, partially, yes. <laughs> also, we were pretty crap for most of that season. <laughs> like. We uh, fired a manager halfway through because things were going so poorly. So I don't have particularly fond memories other than like those last three games in the Champions League. But um, oh, and the FA Cup. I think we won the FA Cup that year too. But uh, no, my answer is 09 2010 Chelsea. They were the first English team to score 100 goals, uh, 103 to be precise. Uh, we smashed the league. And I think our last three games that year, our last four games that year, were all like. Four zero six zero eight zero four zero something insane like that. That was Balak's last season. Uh, it was just a really fun year. I watched that DVD all the time, and that was our first ever domestic double FA Cup and league. It's genuinely surprising. 
I, I thought I was thought for sure we were going to get another 2012 retrospective. But... Yeah. Oh, did he That's a great impression of <laughs> That's what you sound like, dude. I've been yeah. listening to you for like a year and a half now. It's I'm down. Yeah. No, you don't listen to me. You're just on the same Skype call. Huh? <laughs> huh? Uh, Chuck, you got one? Um, mine would be... See, I don't have this luxury that I can choose a successful season. Um, <laughs> not film within my lifetime anyway. Because obviously Palace were known as like the team of the 80s and we had that good thing going and nearly won the FA Cup in uh, 1990. I got the year wrong the other day. I wasn't born when it happened. It was... <laughs> got the year of your birth wrong or the year of the FA Cup? Both. Um, no. Don't know. No okay. idea. Um, so that happened. And uh, we should have been in bloody Europe before that. But, I mean, because we finished the league, it's finished second in the league in the old Division 1. Oh, yeah, you got screwed by the... Um... Well, you say screwed. Basically, it was after Liverpool got all English teams banned <laughs> yeah. from European competitions, which then... But, flip side, that meant that we had the full Members' Cup or the Zenith Data Systems' Cup, which we won. Um, big ups the ZDS, uh, our only trophy to date. And um, but then all the English teams were meant to get a five-year ban, and Liverpool were meant to get a six-year ban. Palace finished second in the league on the fifth year, and then they knocked a year off of Liverpool's oh, ban, so that yeah, Liverpool uh, got the the spot in the the European trophy. So that would have been our one chance. But this team was so in 97, 1997 to nineteen ninety eight was kind of the year that as a kid I was really appreciating football and we'd just been promoted. I'd been to the playoff final uh, against Sheffield United. Uh, David Hopkins scored right at the absolute death uh, to send us through and went absolutely wild. And then throughout that season, we were absolute fucking dog shit. Uh, finished bottom in the league. I think we had 30-something <laughs> points, like bad. Uh, qualified for the Intertoto Cup, though. Oh, the one they all want. Yeah, uh, no idea. Then we lost to some Turkish team. Um, but it's kind of all the players that, as a kid, I just had like the most fond memories of. And still to this day, a lot of them, I have no idea whether they were any good. But judging by the league position, not at all. Um, it had like big transfers in there. Like we signed Attilio Lombardo from Juventus. Um, Herman Heridison came in, who obviously went on for a lot of years uh, afterwards with various clubs. Um, I remember Paul Warhurst, who had won the league with Blackburn a few years before. Marcus Bent. Um, we had Clinton Morrison then. Uh, one of my favourite players, Bruce Dyer, because the chant was Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Dyer. And as a six-year-old, you just love that. <laughs> um, and of course, that's when Thomas Brolin turned out for us for a full year. Big old fatty Brolin. <laughs> um, also, that was when I used to collect... Uh, the Panini stickers, Panini stickers, and ninety seven, ninety eight completed it, completed the whole thing. Oh, that's a good, that's a good year. Any year so you do that, that was, yeah, that was my best one. And like the Palace team was one of the first because obviously we're the players no one wants, so they put loads in them packets. Um, so yeah, that was that was my team ninety seven, ninety eight, and I went to a game, and one of my games was against Chelsea, uh, and Chelsea won. I think it was three nil. And this was when they were full of horrible scrotes like Dennis Wise. And Dennis Wise <laughs> went through the back of Attilio Lombardo, who was like our massive marquee signing, uh, who had been a fantastic player in Juventus, and completely destroyed him. And he never played for us again. 
Um, yeah. So oh. unequivocally and forevermore, fuck you, Dennis Wise, with your eyes too close together. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. All right. So your favorite ever palace season is a season where you came in last? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be what we're looking at. Yeah. It set the tone. Set the tone. Gotcha. That's a very Chuck answer, I gotta the, say. The most Chuck very answer. Very on brand. That's my favorite. That set, that set me up for life. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And you're super mad this year when you're going to have your highest ever points total. You don't like this year. <laughs> no, awful. Awful business. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Glad we're just straightened that out. Let's go. Oh, excellent. What about you, Ian? What's what's good with the posh? 1999-2000 uh, season. So I was uh, 16. I was going every week. So 60? Bloody hell. It was the summer of love. Buckaroo. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. I was 16. Um, I was, I was, yeah, 60. Yeah, yeah, 16. 16. One six. There you go. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Um, that's how it goes, isn't it? One six. Um, so, yeah, I was 16 and I was going every week. It was... Uh, it was one of them seasons where we sort of were up and down, similar to this season, I guess. Maybe maybe it's a sign. We were up and down all season, and then we the last six games, we won five out of our last six. Uh, really big push. And then we got uh, Barnet in the playoffs. We were away first, and I think we won 2-1 or 3-1. can't remember. And uh, then for the return fixture at Peterborough, uh, we won 3-0. Uh, midfielder David Farrell got a hat-trick. Pitch invasion at the end. Uh, it was absolutely fucking brilliant at 16 to go on the pitch and uh, be singing like a mental case. And then we played the playoff final. It was the last uh, League One, or I think it was third division back then. When when did it become League One? Jesus Christ. It was the, the last third division league uh, playoff to be at the old Wembley. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was the second time I've been to the old Wembley because we did uh, the playoff final in 1992 as well. And yeah, that was just, uh, it was just one of them things where, you know, you're like 16 and you've not, you know, you can't be going out all the time because you've not got a shitload of money or anything. But going to Mm. posh every week was something I did and something I could afford because it weren't a lot of money back then. Yeah, no, football in general wasn't a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and getting to go to the old Wembley as well, like. Yeah, that, that whole sort of, run off the season because at like six six games out it looked like we were done and dusted mid-table mm. and then that last sort of five out of six games winning um, and it just felt like we were really sort of riding a crest of, uh, of a wave so hang on a minute you were in the third tier third tier yeah third tier weren't doing so well yeah. then went on a late run yeah potentially play I mean it's it's like all there the 20th it? anniversary yeah, and it was an an o nine zero season. Fuck you, o nine zero season. Was it not? Did you say it was ninety nine two thousand? Ninety nine two thousand. I thought he was saying there nineteen o nine. Oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, he just wasn't counting. No, properly. I was saying it's a season ending in nine and zero. Oh right, okay, okay. <laughs> that means it's the twenty year anniversary, Stimson. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm feeling upbeat. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny that to our you were ninety nine two thousand and I was oh nine ten and Chuck your greatest ever points total is going to be and I started off nineteen twenty <laughs> I started off by referring to eighty nine ninety so synergy and um, the old Wembley was bloody lovely but weird yeah the fact yeah. that there was tons of I mean I don't know how because obviously it's what yeah it got knocked down soon after that and then everything went to Cardiff 
because it was the new stadium because it was the Millennium Stadium, wasn't it? Exactly. Next year's playoffs were Millennium Stadium. There yeah. were so many seats, Oscar, where if you sat in them, you genuinely couldn't see about 30 to 50% of the pitch. Why? <laughs> yeah. The roof Massive went pillars. all the way round. Huge, great big pillars, <laughs> like four, five seat wide pillars. Yeah. So that's amazing. They sold restricted view seats where it was like, no, no, you're just not going to see the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, they might be about like 10, 10 quid less. <laughs> and you, you're not seeing it. You're just there hearing the chants. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that's really yeah. funny. Madness. Honestly, I'd take it. If Chelsea were, if I was like in London and it was the only seat I could get, it'd be the second time I've ever seen Chelsea, I'd fucking sit in a restricted view I seat. I mean, you're not. You're not struggling to get tickets to Peterborough Darlington. Uh, so there's, there's and, plenty of... But you do, sometimes you do wish there was a pillar there to not be able to see it. Well, let's let's hope that our collective team seasons are as good as 89-90, and 9-10. If Chelsea can finish 17-0 in their last three matches, collective scoreline, I'd be pretty fucking happy with that. Take it. Yeah. Five out of six wins for Peterborough to end the season. That'd be nice. I'd love it. I'd love it. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, that's it. Right, so that's it for listener stuff, but where can people get in touch with us, Ian? Uh, so you can get us on Twitter. That's the best place, probably. Miles Offside Pod. Uh, Facebook, we're in Miles Offside, but I'm not sure anyone uses that. It's nans and stuff, innit? People like me. My aunt. And yeah. just loads of people saying, oh, someone commented on a picture. All right. I mean, Oscar used it this week, but other than that. Yeah. I'm I'm active on the Facebooks because all my pictures are on there. When Facebook, which is inherently evil and whatnot, like when it inevitably goes down, what the fuck am I going to do with like all of my pictures from all the important things from the last 15 years? This is why our parents were smart to have actual photo albums. I should just print everything out. You know, you can request like just easily on, on Facebook, you can request them to send all of your data to you in a zipped file. Yeah, but it sends you like the lowest resolution possible for all the pictures. It looks like it was taken on a cell phone from 2002. Well, most a lot of my stuff was, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, you guys only just got 3G over there, so. Yeah, exactly. I, I did it and they sent some charcoal drawings through. It was it was lovely. Cave paintings. They just drove up with a fucking wall. <laughs> of a yak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was nice. It's nice to see. So FPL team? FPL. <laughs> FPL team. Uh game is still updating, naturally, but I don't think we really have I mean we've got two points coming off the bench and no bonus points. So fifty one looks like we'll finish the week on. Uh seems seems average. As the yeah, it seems about it, doesn't it? Especially after City went and done themselves a mischief how about you gents how did you get on this week i couldn't even remotely tell you do you want me to tell you what you got oscar you got you got 60 points mate is that good is it a, is it a week where people were that's, good that's, or is it a week that's where quite good not bad that's fine yeah, rashford yeah. vardy abraham up front so that's all returns oh i have sterling in so i'll get one point from Grealish. yep trent alexander arnold lundstrom so that's that's pretty solid mate Nice. Yeah, green arrows. I see green arrows. I see green. Almost in the top two million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. How about you, Ian? What did you get? It uh, looks like I'm finishing on 58, I think. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, you done me. <laughs> no, I just didn't lose by enough for you to overtake me. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. <laughs> yeah, 56. 56. Oh. 10 points on the bench for Richarlison, though. That was a shame. Oh, that's a bit of a sickness. Yeah. That's a bit of a wound up, but... It's all changed now. Um, and yes, so our FBL team didn't really 
kind of take off then really yeah we had Lundstrom and TAA but Tamori didn't play so we got two points coming in for Aurier God knows why he's bloody in our team um <laughs> Mane only got the three points but we got returned from Marshall De Bruyne uh Vardy obviously so not a lot four or five players kind of carrying us through which has seen us drop down the ranks quite a bit you know we were pushing yeah, it's not been good 100k for a while and obviously after this has been adjusted I'm not too sure it'll be but at the minute we're 180,000 so 1250 points which considering we were on a thousand after like what 17 game weeks yeah it's because we've been making my transfers isn't it yeah pretty much everyone should just stop listening to me and this team went to crap <laughs> stop that stop that yeah so speaking of which go on in oscar so what's your suggestion i'll let you get as i i shall respectfully as reigning fpl champion as is my want um and current <laughs> fpl champion as is my want um Drink it in, Ian. It always goes down smooth. Um, what is your suggestion, Oscar, for our transfer this week? Uh, I am going to suggest finally getting Tamori out because we've been kind of putting that off for a while. Gotcha. Um, and also, need, we need to get Ings in. I think we desperately need Ings. Yeah, you can't do that. He's a nope, forward. but we have two free transfers, so I can make both of those things happen Okay, cool. in my yeah. one suggestion. So Calvert-Lewin out for Ings. Perfect. Yeah, and then Tamori and downgrading in terms of funds, but a player that a lot of people are picking up. I'm going to suggest Williams, a 4.0 defender currently playing for Manchester United. That's good. It seems like you really put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. Did you log in and look at the team? I did. I know the password now, and this is why I'm making decent suggestions. So you did see that we only have one free transfer, right? Thank you. Wait, what? (laughs) <laughs> We've only got one free transfer. Only got one free transfer. Looked at the wrong team. Should have read the small print in your contract. <laughs> we did roll one last week. We did your suggestion of Ali's Ali to Madison. Yeah, you won last week. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Right, well, right, right. we can right. afford Calvert Lewin to Ings right now, but if Ings price rises before the decision gets made with the Twitter poll, then we won't be able to afford it. So I'll still go with the two for two. Okay, so you're going for points hit. Points hit to get Ings in and Tamori out. Okay. Ian? I don't like that. We only got Calvert-Lewin in recently. But and this is what Oscar does. This is what Oscar does. out again. And because he goes for these stupid snap judgments with things and on Twitter, because they're all volatile and no one reads it, and he deliberately does it to play games, this is what the transfers make, and therefore this team is fucked. I, and I can't, I can't be doing with one side of the hit being getting, getting Williams in who has played 180 minutes in the last, what, eight games or something. And is shit. Did you see him spoon the ball over the bar at Norwich? Like three <laughs> yards out. It genuinely went at an angle that I'm assuming it hit the orbit of like the fucking space station. <laughs> still still going up now. It's still going. <sighs> it all fell apart when we finally got Pulisic in. I don't know what the hell to suggest anymore. So I'm just... It's you. It's all you because you and your stupid shit. And then we stopped broke it down and then me and Ian got fucking AIDS and we can <laughs> keep our insides in and then you just begun this reign of terror with your dog shit transfer suggestions and then the public went on it and you started making I made the perfect suggestion and I'm sticking I am going what's your suggestion go on before I get angry just roll this single one free transfer that we've got the reason is because we have got only <laughs> don't put your head in your hands Chuck just listen give me a sec We've got two Liverpool players. We're gonna for the week after this. We're gonna need three. So we're gonna need 
two transfers. I don't. We don't need to take a hit. Fucking Sir Hits a lot over there taking a hit for fucking Brandon Williams. The most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, what a twat! What an absolute fucking twat! Can we just mute him from the rest of this podcast? <laughs> I really need a minute to calm down. Next, roll it, and then next week we can figure out which third Liverpool player we need. We'll have two free transfers, so we can do whatever we like, and then we can talk about whether we're going to triple captain someone. All right, I mean, annoyingly, that's probably going to win, but I still want to wild card, so I'm going to say wild card. Wild card? This is so <laughs> So we have wild card, roll the transfer, <laughs> and points it to get Ings and in and Tomori out. Yeah. Wow, that's a disparate... <laughs> group of choices yeah. that really is I, know, I feel right? like mine's gonna win despite the points hit no I don't think so but it's just oh it's annoying uh, do I actually want a wild card yes I do yeah I do you don't like this team you, you really you are don't yeah. consistently saying you don't like this team your wild card is my Pulisic you're just gonna keep suggesting it until it happens there's, there's seven things I want six things I want changed so yes and then I would get in Ings so if you vote for me um, <laughs> I will deliver on these points <laughs> I will get Ings in. A vote for Chuck is a vote for Ings. A vote for Ings because that guy bloody needs to be in our team. He really does. And to be honest, I'd probably drop Jimenez and I'll get rid of Aurier because no one wants him. I'll get rid of Tomori. I'll do Oscar's suggestion, but I'll make it better. We'll get instantly, guys, instantly. We'll get an extra four points if we do mine. Instantly better. (laughs) I think we need to save our wild card for those double game weeks I'm just saying there's a double game week coming but it doesn't matter we can you can gradually it's far enough in advance it's far enough in advance you can gradually build towards it and at that point of the season easily could be it's all over it's all over done by then potentially so you're not going to know who's going to play whereas at this point of the season I know it's a smaller double game week but you know at least what players are going to play because they want the strength yeah not Brandon Williams most of the time exactly so not only will a vote for me avoid a points hit and instantly plus four points, you won't have a stupid dog shit Man United needless defender. He's the most transferred in defender this because week. Because people are stupid, like you. <laughs> Democracy, baby. I'm so annoyed. I'm still so annoyed at what happened to this. But no, I'm just fine now because it just means I'll catch the FBL team and then I'll be the proper reigning champion. Because if this is voted on for by the public and I beat that, therefore I'm better than everyone. And that's what it's all about. Fixtures. Yeah, I was going to say, take a breath. we got Watford Spurs as the early kickoff next Saturday. Uh, yeah, so no, don't need to worry about Friday. But I think, yeah, very interesting. Um, a good little match up there. It's followed up by our three o'clocks. Arsenal, Sheffield United, Brighton, Aston Villa. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Have you just seen it? Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> <sighs> Man City, six. Crystal Palace nil um, at three. I'm not even giving you a goal. <laughs> um, no, no, we won't get the penalty. Um, we probably get the penalty, but Milivojevic isn't there, so we won't score yeah, it. Um, yeah, true. Norwich, Bournemouth. I mean, Ooh, watch that. Tasty. You can't. Oscar, watch that for us. Um, yeah, let us know what happens. Yeah, that. that's your we'll punishment. Do. You have to watch the two worst teams in the league because you're just <laughs> infecting us with your dog shit transfers. Um, <laughs> We have Southampton, Wolves, West Ham, Everton, Chelsea, Newcastle. God, you better win. Then moving on to Sunday, Burnley, Leicester and Liverpool, Man United. Could Liverpool drop points again? No. Okay. <laughs> Probably Fair. not. Any other fixtures we're looking at? Uh, I think that's there's a real potential banana skin in that early match. Um, we'll see if Watford can get the result that they deserve being the bigger team in that one. Being the bigger team, I mean, I can't. Like you look at form, that's it's a wild difference between the two teams. 
I mean, Watford have got 13 in, out of 15 and Tottenham have got four. I just want someone to beat Liverpool. Like, jokes aside, I just, I'm, I'm fucking tired of hearing oh, about the Invincibles okay. and the, the record and blah, blah, blah. Just, I just, I hope Man United win. Even if that would be bad for Chelsea. There's no part of you that sort of wants no. wants Liverpool to do it. None whatsoever. It's because it's been going on for so long now that Oscar's getting wound up. This is this is yeah. what I said before. This is kind of the antithesis of what I said before. That if if it's been if Liverpool have won the league this early, does it take some of the sheen off of it when it finally gets given to them? Because they've had all the time to just be like, right, it's done, it's done, blah blah blah. blah. Whereas Oscar now, it's happening so early that he's just getting really riled up. I mean, like I have a feeling of, as a as a neutral, I just sort of I want to see I want to see something spectacular now. And there's not it's not going to be Man City catching them up. I just can't no. see that. So I just want to see something spectacular now. You know, I loved watching Arsenal Invincibles back in the day. Yeah, see, that's my thing. Is like fuck the Arsenal Invincibles. There's been like six or seven better teams than them in the Premier League era alone. But everybody sucks them off because they were oh invincible. Like. Fuck because off. it is an incredible no thing one beat, to do. If no one beats you in a whole year. You you literally opened last week with Liverpool have gone a full calendar year without losing a match. That's pretty fucking impressive. I mean, it is. You. But That's I don't what want you them. sound like. That's true. Again, <laughs> spot on impressions. I, I do sound like that. <laughs> That's true. Northwich. Nah, it, yeah. I'm, I just don't want to fucking hear about this for the rest of forever. It's bad enough having to listen to people be like, oh, Arsenal Invincibles are such a great team. Like, no, they're like one of the better teams, I guess, but nowhere near the best team of all time. Like, fuck off. That was good fixture analysis there. So Liverpool, we don't want them to win the league, apparently. Um, I think it would just be a bit <laughs> crap now if there was a middle ground. And yeah. if Liverpool lost, like, maybe two or three games got a couple of draws but then city performed the same way yeah if it was a bit of a nothing end it was yeah. still like a win and a convincing win but yeah you didn't you know at this point they kind of that's where the pressure now applies that it's like right we're we're doing something so impressive we have to keep that up i just don't want liverpool to be like one of the five best points totals ever and undefeated if they could finish with like 90 points like a very very convincing team that deserves a title but isn't like in the all-time greats conversation i'm good with that because they're not one of the all-time greats like and i will never ever Uh, be okay with that i'm a i'm a big advocate for hating on liverpool but (laughs) you saying something like that is fucking insane dude sure they're not even the best (laughs) team in england this year yeah but that doesn't mean you're not great like you can still be great but not be incredible look that's my 2020 resolution is for liverpool to lose a game okay Okay. Not not in your hands. Just right? to lose a game. In, imagine if they got to 2021 without losing a game. <laughs> oh my God. Klopp's yeah. listened to this. Yep. That's that's the thing that really put him over the top. Yeah. <laughs> is my, my little rant. But there we go. So that was our unenthusiastic look at the fixtures, mostly punctuated with Oscar's hatred for Liverpool. What can you do? Well, well, this is it. This is the podcast. Um, so thank you very much for listening once again, guys. We'll be back next week, I'm sure. And looking forward to being inside your earballs uh, in the middle of this mm. week. So mm. uh, say goodbye, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye, Oscar. Norwich. Norwich. And it's bye from me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Happy birthday for later, Chuck. Oh, thanks, mate. I mean, you say later for us now, but it's... This comes out on Wednesday. When's your birthday? Tuesday. So before uh, then. So for you listening. Oh no! That, no, let's not do a time in the travel past. thing. I, no. But for me, it'll be. Uh, oh God! 
Back Existential to the Existential crisis 